We're talking choosing a career path, building a life that aligns with your core values, diversifying your income and maximizing your medical degree, and the importance of financial literacy in this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Panacea Financial provides banking for doctors because it was founded by doctors. They have a nationwide loan, checking, and savings option designed specifically for doctors and doctors in training. Their specialized suite of financial products give medical students, residents, and practicing physicians greater freedom to forge their futures and at affordable rates. By reducing financial barriers and burdens, Panacea Financial ensures that all doctors have increased capacity to serve their patients and population at large. Do you need a good home for your banking needs? Go to PanaceaFinancial.com. That is PanaceaFinancial.com to get started. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. We're doing something a little different this week. This is the reproduction of a recording from the Prospective Doctor podcast that featured me. In it, I discuss with Urquida DeRowan the topic of choosing a specialty and finances to maximize your happiness. Thank you again to all my listeners for continuing to support the show. For my new listeners, you're in the right place because today, like on every episode, we're bringing you the best content from all around medicine and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Urquida DeRowan is a double board-certified family medicine and lifestyle medicine physician. Mentoring is important to her, as she believes that one should always share their gifts to uplift others. Recently, she began to host a pre-med and medical student-geared podcast called The Prospective Doctor to expand the amount of medical students that she can mentor. She also is an energetic public speaker that spreads ideas about the state of healthcare, personal empowerment, and professional growth. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have this special guest on here with me today, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Um, I'll just start by letting him say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun and exciting. I uh, yes. love coming on here to talk to you. So uh, like you said, my name is Andrew Tisser. Uh, I'm an emergency physician by day and by night, I guess. And um, I have my own podcast. Uh, it's called Talk to Me Doc with the number mm-hmm. two. It's uh focuses on issues relating to the early career physician. I also uh, am the the president and owner of uh, Talk To Me Doc LLC, uh, which is a company that helps uh, early career docs and uh, doctors that haven't figured it out yet uh, with career strategy, uh, career transition, and designing a life that you really love as a doctor. So that's me in a nutshell. I got a dog named Lily and uh, my wife, is also a physician and she's the smart one in the relationship. So she's an academic rheumatologist (laughs) and uh, she's pretty awesome as well. So that's me. That's awesome. So I want to hear a little bit more about Talk To Me Doc, both the LLC and the podcast. Can you tell us what kind of drove you into starting that? Sure. So uh, the podcast has evolved over time as they kind of all do. First off, when I uh, I was in Chicago after I finished residency, uh, following my wife because she did her fellowship out that way, and um, I was at a, a small hospital and it was time to leave because we were moving to Western New York. And one of the security guards got me a bottle of champagne, 
And I was like, oh, why'd you do that? And he's like, because you talk to me like I'm a person, doc. And, you know, I was like, oh, God, you know, that's horrible. Like, do other <laughs> people not, you know? And, uh, and he said, you know, you'd re really be surprised. So when we got back to Buffalo and things settled up, I, I wanted to start a show to kind of explore some of the other healthcare professionals' stories and learn about communication and, and where it fails. Um, so that's where it initially started. And uh, we had some really amazing guests and conversations in that regard. But uh, slowly over time, I realized that my passion really uh, was with the early career physician. And I just arbitrarily called that less than seven years out of training because 10 seemed too long and five seemed too short. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, and that kind of morphed into uh, my uh, consulting company, Talk to Me Doc, as well. That's awesome. Like it's, it's, it's really exciting that people are focusing on communication. Cause like what you said with that experience, you're wondering like, are other docs not doing this? <laughs> and there are a lot of things that I at least find value in mentorship and mentoring others where we can relay and teach people the life lessons that we've learned so they, they can do better and avoid other things and pitfalls that happen and, have opportunities for growth. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I agree completely. And that's why the the theme of talk to me doc has always been keep talking and it, it remains. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've, it, we're still having guests on there from outside of healthcare as well, teaching lessons to our early career docs, because we're just talking to everybody and learning their perspectives and learning lessons from them. So yeah, I agree. Great. And what drove you to pursue emergency medicine? Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't like anything as much. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so before medical school, um, I was actually in EMS. So I was a firefighter and an EMT, uh, in, uh, in college. And then in the first couple of years of medical school as well as a volunteer. Um, so initially it was always, yeah, I was going to do emergency medicine. Uh, so I tried to like everything else. So, uh, and that was, that was why I really tried to go into everything with an open mind and I just didn't like it as much. Um, so I, I ended up coming back to my original love, which was, uh, the ER and, uh, for, for all of its faults, it's still the, the field of medicine that I like the most. So, uh, I, it is, I just didn't like anything as much. That is that the seems, real answer. That seems to be true for a lot of people. And it's good that you pointed out that you kept an open mind in medical school because there, there are things that people come into and they're thinking like, oh, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon or something like that. And then when they get in there, they're like, but I don't like doing surgery. So it's good to keep that open mind, but you love what you love and you have to do, for the most part, a lot of people practice medicine for a lifetime until it's time to retire. So it's great to have something that makes you excited to go to work every day. So it's good that you found that in emergency medicine. Yeah, sure. I, my, I have two pieces of advice in this regard. So I think uh, a lot of students uh, ask how to choose a specialty. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to go about it is to, is to make a list of all of them and cross things out um, instead of like, oh, I like this and then I like this and then I like this. I think, um, and the, the really important part of the exercise is what don't you like about that field? Mm. So I really didn't like OB. I'll, you know, I really didn't like it. And, um, so 
what it came to was I didn't like the OR more than I didn't like the field. So I was able to eliminate surgical specialties. I liked procedures, obviously, but I didn't like being in the OR. Um, And it's also important to realize, did you just have a bad experience or a bad attending or a bad resident uh, versus do you not like the field? Uh, because one sour apple can surely real, uh, you know, ruin a field for somebody. Um, and the other part of it is you will have different things that you like, but you, you might not like them as much. I really liked hematology, which you don't hear from ER doctors ever, but I really liked hematology, but I hated rounding. I couldn't do it. There was no possible way I could do uh, medicine residency. So that eliminated that field as well. So that, those are my two quick little pieces of advice for the, uh, for the med students. Those are good points because like you said, like one bad apple can spoil or put a sour taste in your mouth about certain things. So you may think like, Oh my God, I hate pediatrics. And then say you decide to go into a family medicine field. You're like, Oh, I really love kids. It was just the pediatricians. I was with on my rotation or something that happened. So it's really good to kind of, not only cross up like, I don't like this, but why don't I like, and do that self-reflection and introspection. You focus on giving advice to new docs about finding a life that aligns with their core values and goals. How would you suggest that a student in their early career work towards that when there are so many components of their lives that are predetermined by like coursework or GME requirements? Like how can they find their passions with that? Sure. I mean, I think this is a great question. It, it evolves over time, of course. Um, you know, what you like and what you're passionate about will, will evolve. I think it's never too early to get in touch with what your core values are because those really don't change. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's all kinds of exercises you could do online and, and things of that nature. Um, but it, it really comes down to who you are as a person and what you believe in. And that shouldn't change. Um, and in regards to, you know, the structure that you have, uh, this is true, um, but if you are passionate about something, you should pursue it. I, I feel that it's never too early to go for what you want. Uh, the, the underlying message is uh, if you want something, uh, you, should, you should attack it wholeheartedly. Uh, just like when uh, you know, you're in college and you said you wanted to go to medical school, you didn't just like wait around until someone was like, here's a medical school uh, you know, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like That doesn't happen. You wanted to go to medical school, so you looked up everything about it. You learned the best way to get in. You studied hard. You prepared for exams. You sought out mentors, et cetera. Um, but you went into it fully. Uh, and so that's, that's part of it for everything. Um, and it's never too early to figure out who you are and what you want out of life when you're done, because the structure eventually goes away. And that causes a lot of people some mental distress. Uh, I always thought like, oh my God, when I'm out of residency, I'm going to be so happy because I won't have to go to conference and I won't have to do this and that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, um, there comes a point with a lot of uh, new attendings that are like, well, now what? I got to do this for 40 years. You know, that's the, and, uh, have some, sometimes an existential crisis in that regard. So I think it's never too early to figure out your values, what you stand for and what you want out of this one life that we have. That's a great point. And, and I think that you hit a lot of things like develop a plan and figure out how to work it and see how it aligns with your core values, because hopefully at this point you've already developed those and you're just figuring out how to nurture it and then figuring out 
what you want to do in the future because a lot of things will go away. You won't have to go to lecture for the rest of your life or <laughs> as you want to. Yeah, unless you want to. You can always stay an academic and you can give the lectures or join right. some for free. So <laughs> there are always options and figuring out like what you miss about certain things or what you like and then moving forward in that way in order to figure out what exactly it is that you want and not necessarily uh, what is told to you. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to another question because there is a lot of discussion in the medical realm about doctors kind of diversifying their income or maximizing their MD or monetizing it even. Um, And sometimes that drives people to look into non-clinical or alternative careers. Um, And depending on who you talk about in the medical field, that may be encouraged or discouraged. What thoughts do you have on that? Whatever your thoughts are, you're right. Um, The... Here's a little secret, okay? It's going to make some of your audience feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I love talking about money. Um, I think we all need to talk about money because it is very important. And when you're done with this crazy ride of medical training, you will be, even the pediatricians out there, you will be in the top 5% of earners in the United States. Um, So I think... A, it is important to educate yourself about money. And luckily, we have a lot of great resources out there now. And B, when you look at, quote, monetizing your degree, that makes it sound kind of dirty, right? Like, mm-hmm. like oh, you're, you're going to be a, you know, a sellout influencer or something, whatever. Um, so, I, you know, I don't look at it that way. I think if you are able to uh, find a career that you love in medicine, that's great. If medicine is not for you and you want to take a non-clinical path, such as the insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industry, um, all these chart review type companies, there's millions of things you can do. Uh, Creative writing, medical writing, advertising. There's so much you can do with your degree. Um, There's no shame in that at all. And I think um, there's a little uh, concept I like to talk about too called the sunk cost fallacy. So it's an economic term. Mm-hmm. And what it means is uh, that people get really concerned over what they've put in. So they keep doing what they're doing. So uh, from an investment standpoint, they, they've already lost so much money in the stock market. They keep putting money into that investment, hoping to recoup what they've lost, which is stupid, right? Um, just like, uh, so people say, well, I've I put all this loan money and, and, and time into becoming a doctor. I, I just have to be, be a doctor because mm-hmm. I've spent all this time, right? So that is trash, right? That is, is silly. Um, you have to do what makes you fulfilled, what aligns with your values in life, and what makes you and your family happy because at the end of the day, one of my core values is family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of us go into this to help people. And we get twisted and turned by the different, by training, by the nonsense out there um, to, uh, to think, you know, uh, and, and, and that's what happens with, with burnout and we lose, we lose sight of that. So uh, I love non-clinical careers and I love uh, diversifying your income. I think uh, it's never too soon to diversify income streams um, as, as this uh, awful pandemic has taught us uh, our once thought to be uh, complete job security may not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think educate yourself about money, make your money work for you, however you choose to do that. And if you decide to pursue a non-clinical passion, then awesome. I got utmost respect for you. 
That's nothing else I can add to that. <laughs> it was a bit rambly, but you know, we no, got there. but you hit all the key points. Like we, we need to be happy with what we're doing and figure out what your values are. So if you're not happy performing the job that you're doing, look into other avenues. You are trained as a physician. So if you're working in a non-clinical job and they're hiring you for it, you have skill sets that they're looking for. And, and you may not necessarily be seeing patients directly, or you may be helping a system see them in a different way, but it's still contributing to use, utilizing the skills that you use. So it's not a waste of money. And the, the biggest thing that I think you mentioned, and, and we might talk about this a little more, um, you mentioned that you love talking about money and it's kind of somewhat of a taboo topic in certain people places. And, and I've heard tons of doctors who stay in their jobs because they're like, I owe a lot of money and medical school is expensive for everyone mm -hmm. and different people come in different with different financial situations. But how would you suggest that people set themselves up financially and kind of dive more into learning about like not only the, the financial and business side of medicine, but just personal finance. Sure. Uh, well, I think compared to long ago, there's so many other great resources out there. So um, White Coat Investor has been around for a long time. You know, he, he mm -hmm. got me started. Uh, and now, uh, you know, check out uh, my episode with Jim Daly of the White Coat Investor. Um, yes. But uh, that was a good one. But, uh, you know, there's so much out there and you don't have to be a financial wizard here, right? We're just talking about not making mistakes. And I've made plenty of them. Um, mm -hmm. even being, uh, you know, relatively well-versed in financial matters, I've made tons of mistakes. Um, but the important thing is, is to not make, uh, really bad mistakes. You know, uh, the, the, everyone talks about loans and trust me, I got lots of them. Um, I, if people don't have loans, I'm willing to give them some, if they want them, you know, uh, I got can take tons. mine too. <laughs> That's it. You know, free. We'll give it to you. Uh, but uh, the important thing is to not let the loans uh, run your life either. Mm -hmm. uh, they could be managed and they could be managed to, in a way that do doesn't cause you like utmost anxiety either. Uh, so I'd start just by, you know, checking out White Cone Investor uh, is great. Um, the, uh, um, there's some other really good ones out there. I know Brent Lacey in the scope of practice does some good stuff. And, uh, Jimmy Turner of, uh, the, uh, physician philosopher, I believe is his site. Um, also really good, easy to digest little chunks. Um, just learning about how not to mess up too bad. And the other thing is there's a lot in the financial world, uh, in, in regards to physicians against, debt um, and avoiding debt at all costs. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think you also have to live. Uh, but I think just some basic financial literacy is, is step one to making money less scary. Because a lot of times, you know, not to generalize, but a lot of doctors are pretty good at school and they're pretty good at success and they're pretty good at getting good grades and they're pretty good at all that. And when they see something they're not too good at, it's pretty scary. Um, mm -hmm. And so they put their head in the sand and be like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, um, I, I know a guy who graduated a year before me who still, quote, doesn't know what to do with his student loans. Like, you don't want to be in that position. You mm -hmm. need a plan because when you have a plan, it's a lot less scary. Yes, absolutely. I, I feel everything you're saying, like it, it is. It's something we need to learn about in life because. Mm -hmm. Money is important. 
Um, but you also have to live and you've made this investment in yourself, whether or not you paid right out for your education or you had to take loans. And a lot of people have large loan burdens. I do myself, but you is your life shouldn't be run by that. And you should develop a plan in order to figure out what you need to do. And I would suggest that everyone listen to that episode on Talk to Me, Doc, and um, look into the white code investor and things like that. My final question for you, since you've given us so many pearls of wisdom, what is the best piece of advice that you would give to a pre-med student or a med student as they start their journey? Well, I saw this question and I've been thinking about it and I just can't limit myself to one. So you'll have to bear give with us, me. Give us everything you have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Every, well, you know, Might take can't, two can't hours. give you all the secret sauce, all right? But uh, so number one is uh, a general life rule is a good quote to, quote. I don't know who, where it came from, but there's uh, there's no failure in life, just feedback, right? So uh, again, very type A people uh, as far as doctors go. And we can't, we hate screwing up, but really uh, everything teaches you a lesson. Uh, maybe you didn't uh, get into your number one med school. I didn't get into my number one med school. I didn't even get into my number five. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, that's where I met my wife. Uh, so, you know, these things all end up for the better. So no failure, but feedback, just keep learning, keep learning the entire way through. Uh, number two is if you see something that rubs you the wrong way or you experience something that um, doesn't jive well with who you are, you need to speak up, especially in this current times. Uh, I, you know, I have a, I'm a cru- I have a crusade against the, the old way of just treating residents and students like garbage. Um, it's, it's enough. Uh, it's, not, it's not cute, really. It's not. Uh, so we got to stop allowing that, uh, especially uh, with the disparities among uh, our uh, students and residents of color um, and all, all the terrible biases that we're seeing that is in the House of Medicine, right? So that needs to go, uh, especially, um, especially in academia where it's unfortunately very prevalent. So mm-hmm. you see something you don't like, you need to do something about it. And you're definitely not the only one experiencing it. And uh, number three uh, is to go for it. Uh, and that, uh, that applies to everything throughout your career. Nobody's going to come down from heaven and hand you uh, the perfect mentor or the perfect uh, job or the perfect uh, residency spot. Anything you want, you need to uh, figure out a plan on how you're going to achieve it and attack it with everything. All right. Go seek out people uh, for mentorship. You know, go uh, if you want, you know, if you want one of these non-clinical jobs and maybe you got to polish up your resume and your LinkedIn and submit some applications, you know, mm-hmm. no one's going to hand these things to you. And it goes all the way through. If you want that research uh, and you email somebody who's a big shot at your school and they say, no, has anything changed in your life? No, you still don't have the research. But if they said yes, look at you. You got a great opportunity. Um, so go for it. You know, that's it. So my to recap, my, uh, my three things are, uh, if you, uh, see, you know, see something, say something, right. And always speak up for things that, uh, you feel are, are not correct as you progress through your training, uh, do, uh, go for it no matter, uh, where you are, uh, in your training and there's no failure, just feedback. So those are my three. That's the best I could do. Oh, I think those were the best, honestly, <laughs> like, you know, Life takes you in different places, so feedback mm-hmm. is important. Shoot your shot, you know. You miss 100% of the shots you, you don't know? take, and 
you have to stand with your core values and what's right. So for the Hamilton fans out there, rise up, you know, (laughs) absolutely. I love Hamilton. So (laughs) (laughs) if you guys haven't watched it, watch it on Disney plus. Um, amazing. So, yes. So I am so thankful that you came and you graced us with your presence and knowledge. Um, that's all we have for today. So if you want to just say goodbye to everyone. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for having me and allowing me to speak to all your amazing, uh, uh, to your entire audience. Uh, and again, guys, guys and gals, just shoot your shot. Love it. This is Arkita again, and I will see you back next week. Bye. Oh, and by the way, don't forget to reach out to Panacea Financial for your banking needs as a physician because they are built by physicians. Panacea PRN Personal Loan was designed specifically for physicians and physicians in training. Go to PanaceaFinancial.com and open your new account today. Panacea Financial is a division of Primus, member FDIC. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Please share the episode with any pre-medical students or medical students considering becoming a physician. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the show out there. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tissardio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.